1: This is what we call a three technique.
2: This is what we call a three technique on the ride
3: with Royston. Uh, that was one thing we were trying to focus is being patient so we could get a good look um, every time down. So, uh, you know, well, we executed I that. Just um, Mike... trying to keep the ball in front, make uh, smart plays, and, uh, yeah, didn't
1: know
2: I had seven steals, but uh, I'll take it. Tyus Jones kicks out the three Jones. technique. Uh,
1: Tyus Jones, sneaky last night. First NBA start, seven mm-hmm. steals. Yep, seven steals for Tyus. Way to go, Tyus! And uh, the Wolves uh, playing without uh, Teague for the second straight game, and uh, not a lot of. Never, he's been showing a little more faith than Tibbs this year, right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. been the backup this year instead of Aaron Brooks. The yeah. first game out of the shoot, he tried to start Aaron Brooks. And uh, only played him about 13 minutes or about something. About 12, 13 and, minutes, yeah. And uh, saw that Aaron was uh, not really ready. So he went to Tyus. In his third year, 116 NBA games have been played uh, before his—wait, uh, that's not enough. It's more than that. Oh, 100, he's been in 116 games. He made his first career start Sunday and uh, had a really good game. He uh, played 39 minutes, seven steals, blocked two shots, for goodness sakes. uh, How did
2: you get a shot blocked by Tyus Jones? I don't know. (laughs) He's (laughs) 5'10".
1: And he's uh, thickened up a little bit. He was so damn scrawny when he came into the league, he couldn't defend anybody.
2: So you're saying free Tyus. No, I'm not saying that.
1: But I'm saying they they might have a capable backup here in uh, Tyus uh, Jones, and they might be able to play him 18 minutes instead of 12.
2: Yeah, is, is Tyus Jones maybe the only player who attended Duke? That you would, you know, yes. like and and pull for and want to see well, do well.
1: It'll always be a, a, a battle. Let's face
2: it. I got. You. I'm never
1: going to be fully on.
2: board. No, because you'll always hold In that fact, against him. In fact, I
1: almost came out and said, "Did he flop at all last night?" Sure. Did he, uh, <laughs> did he have any flops yesterday? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see all of it, but uh, but yeah, I like Dias. He's a nice kid, even though. Uh, Remember the Gophers, Tubby's game with Iowa? that Or Northwestern when it was like 15 to 13. Oh, at yes, remember yes, that? I do remember, yeah. that, remember game. that game. And I tweeted out, Tyus Jones and Rashad Vaughn announced at halftime they are no longer considering the Gophers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Gopher haulers went ape. like Yes. Like... Yeah, 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 you morons. They called me at home and said they're no longer considering the Gophers. And it became such a big deal that Tyus had to tweet me back and say, no, I haven't made that decision. And then I responded to him, oh, thank goodness you weren't watching. <laughs> you know? So anyway, but I like him. Good kids. Sets
4: for three. Fires off the assist from Kanisha Bell. They've run this play in so many different fashions. As Destiny Pitts picks and then pops. She has five threes in the game for 15 points, 59 47 Minnesota, 629 to go third period.
1: Harry Carey used to say with a name like Rod Carew, you have to be able to hit, right?
2: Yes. Yep. With a
1: name like Destiny Pitts, you got to be able to hoop. Yes. That's what I yep, saying. Yep. You got to <laughs> be able to hoop. With a name like Destiny Pitts, she's a she's a Gopher freshman. She's from uh, the uh, Detroit area. She went to Detroit count Country Day, which is kind of a hoity-toity school. But she's five foot ten, and uh, the Gophers managed to go to Detroit and recruit her and she has been fantastic so far for the 7 and 0 Gopher women's team giving some much needed help to Carly Wagner and she was just named to the mv as the mvp for the Lady Rebel Roundup tournament which she got 40 points 22 rebounds and 10 three-pointers in two games wow against Wake Forest and UNLV she had a double double of 18 points and 13 rebounds against Wake Forest and then she was 22-9 against UNLV on their home court. So maybe Marlene Stalins won't get fired at the end of this year because she now has Miss Destiny Pitts to go with Carly Wagner. And the Toronto Argonauts, the 105th great cup is double blue. You heard Mark Trestman prior to the game address his team and say finish the story. What a remarkable story it was here today. Well, uh, Mark Trestman was uh, coached the Montreal Alouettes for five years, was in three Grey Cups, and won it twice. You know, our guy, St. Louis Park, played uh, three years as a backup to uh, Tony Dungy with the Gophers. He got to play very little. Uh, Then he went to Moorhead for his last year and uh, got into coaching after after he was uh, the quarterback at Moorhead State. And... He's got a litany of coaching stops that you cannot believe. Uh, Go look up his wiki page. He was everywhere. uh, Yeah, I remember us doing
2: that a couple of years ago after the Bears let him go. Uh,
1: First time I met him, he was Bernie Kosar's guy with the Hurricanes when they were getting ready to play Nebraska. He was like. Started off as grad assistant, ended up, but he he was never officially the quarterback coach, but he was Bernie's guy. Wow, I wonder how he
2: got that connection down at uh, down, down in Miami. In Miami,
1: I don't know. He just, I think, I somewhere in my. Uh, background with the with the Saint Paul paper, I got a big long piece on him and been, his relationship with Bernie, but that was a long time ago. And that, would, that would have been uh, Howard,
2: right? Schnellenberger? Yeah, you're Schnellenberger
1: yeah. and he was that was also they didn't have 15 person coaching staffs then. They had That's like true. seven or eight. Yeah. And they let he, you take care of Bernie. Bernie loved him.
2: And, and and you are a big hurricane guy.
1: I love the hurricanes. <laughs> yeah.
2: Taunting. I'm a big
1: I don't like flopping.
2: I like taunting. Uh especially in football
1: because it's a game made for taunting.
2: Oh right? god, yes.
1: Anyway, you know, like yesterday that fight was fantastic. One of the greatest moments in NFL history. Crabtree, <laughs> Tree and Taleb, two guys that should be doing that on the street corner. But, but, you, but you're
2: but you're your anti choreographed touchdown celebrations. Oh god, I hate him. Okay. I hate them.
1: But anyway, he goes up. He didn't these guys didn't get hired till the end of February. They blew up the uh, Argonauts management because it was so screwed up. Okay, It was like Tennessee Vols
2: yeah. athletic It was department. that bad. Holy yeah. cow. He
1: gets hired on uh, February 27th, and Jim Pop, who had been his GM in Montreal, comes in with him, and they end up winning the Grey Cup. Wow. By the way, the 105th Grey Cup, big upset. The Calgary Stampeders were big favorites. But last year, the Grey Cup was won by the Ottawa Red Blacks in an upset With Henry Burris, a quarterback who'd been in the league forever, and he he won his last Grey Cup, and he retired. Okay. Henry Burris. Ricky Ray has been in. He's 37 or 8 years old. He's got damn near all the records up in Canadian football. He didn't have a job uh, with the Argos, and uh, Tressman came in and said, I want you, and I want you to be my quarterback. You're going to be my quarterback this year. Ricky Ray uh, wins a wins a Grey Cup uh, is a, I think his third now. Uh, wins a Grey Cup uh, with uh, Tressman as his quarterback. Congratulations to Mark Tressman. He didn't it didn't work in the uh, NBA, NBA, NFL with the Chicago Bears. But what he needs is twelve men on offense and being able to put three guys in, in motion. motion. Yep. Then he'll kick your absolutely. Ass. <laughs> All right, we'll be. back.
0: The Ride with Roycey.
1: Come on, join me in this fight against crap. <laughs>
2: join me in the fight against crap. <laughs> That's right. On
0: 1500 ESPN.
2: Talking Purple right now on The Ride with Royce. The Gessling covers the Vikings. Here with Ben Gessling. Ben the Gessling, joining us now. It's Viking Star Tribune beat writer Ben Gessling.
1: Ben, Gaslane is with us. The Vikings are back after a few days off. Uh, Where did the. I saw Teddy Bridgewater headed down to Miami to watch his high school football team.
3: Yeah, I think a lot of guys actually got out of town. Mackenzie Alexander, actually, I think was down. Well, got out of the country. He was down in Haiti for a few days. I saw that. uh, Seeing relatives. So I I think basically, as soon as they landed back in Minneapolis after the game on Thursday night, guys were uh, allowed to to go to various points and and avail themselves of that opportunity as quickly as the american aviation industry would allow them. <laughs>
1: hey mckenzie was he born in haiti or just had uh, his parents born there or something his
3: parents are from there okay. and uh, i believe he i believe he is was born in florida but uh yeah he he has quite the interesting story tom rinaldi from espn did a a big feature on him uh before the draft last year his his family grew up uh uh, picking uh, citrus fruit in Florida and, and obviously not making a ton of money doing no. it. So he grew up doing that, and, and he kind of credits that experience with uh, teaching him work ethic and teaching him the drive to, to get out of there and, and want to do something bigger. So if people haven't checked that out, it uh, ran uh, on Center I think, right before the draft. It's like a seven- or eight-minute feature, and I think you can find it on YouTube. would definitely be worth people's time to, to get a sense of uh, – what his background is. And I don't even have to say that anymore. I don't work for ESPN. So I'm, yeah. I'm no, just, you don't uh, have to plug him. Paying, nobody's paying me to plug it. It's just, it was a good story.
1: And uh, a couple of weeks ago, he had a pick. What is the, uh, what is the uh, assessment of how he has done uh, fitting into that? Uh, what's been a pretty dang good secondary.
3: Well, I think he's coming along. I mean, I think they are happier with the way he's handling things. I mean, he, he by his own admission did not want to listen to anybody last year and I think has kind of changed that this year. They have, I think, come up with a fairly good way to use both him and Terrence Newman. They were they were sort of using Terrence Newman on first and second down a lot on uh, Thursday. They, they played a lot of nickel and, and were almost kind of using Terrence Newman as a as a third linebacker to be able to be in the nickel and still stop the run. And then when it was a passing situation, they would bring Alexander in. And I think they're getting to the point where they're more comfortable with him in the defense. I mean, Mike Zimmer has shown that he's not a play, He's not afraid to play young players, but he does feel like, especially with corners, that if you don't know my system and I don't trust you, I'm not going to put you out there. So I, I think as soon as they show they can handle it, he'll give them the reins. And, and I think he's starting to do more of that with Mackenzie Alexander.
1: Well, it took, what, three years for Trey Waynes to convince him he'd play him yep. before, but not because he wanted to, you know.
3: Yeah, yeah, it did take a while. I mean, Trey Wayne's only really saw the field as a rookie when when people were hurt and uh, and was kind of in a in a rotation last year with uh, with Terrence Newman over there in that spot. So, yeah, I mean, I think with Trey Wayne's, it, it certainly took a while to, to get him going, and and probably I think took a while to to get him to kind of show the fire that they wanted to see I mean you hear a lot of coaches with him talk about, you know, they'll say, "Well, I mean, he's got the talent. The question is, does he want to go?" push hard enough and, and work hard enough to be really good. And, and I think they are starting to see a little bit more. I mean, Zimmer talked about that a couple of weeks ago that, you know, Wayne's kind of snapped back at him on the sideline during a practice. And actually he was happy to see that because it showed that, you know, this guy has a little bit more fire to him than, uh, than he's let on at times. So I, I think they're starting to see a little more of how they like their corners to, to approach things out of him.
1: Uh, you know quarterbacks the toughest position in football obviously maybe in sports but I've and everybody talks about left tackles and that's not easy but I think cornerback is the uh, is the hardest thing to learn in pro football behind playing quarterback
3: I would agree and the fact that you are out there by yourself and you are facing receivers that keep getting bigger and are able to run at as fast speeds as they ever have, despite the fact that they're six three and two hundred pounds. I mean, and and to say nothing of the rules. I mean, you're at a constant wow. disadvantage both with the people you're having to cover and the way you're able to do it based on the rules. So, yeah, it, it is it is an incredibly difficult position, and it makes you appreciate what Mike Zimmer's been able to do with some of the guys he's coached. Certainly Xavier Rhodes, who's going to have a, a a tall task on Sunday uh, with Julio Jones.
1: Yes, uh, but uh, you know what the real difficulty I've always thought about uh, that position is—they know where they're going, and you only think you know where they're going. That's you right. don't know where they're going. That's uh, if you knew where they were going, it'd be easier to play.
3: Well, it would. And the other thing too <laughs> is that as much as as quarterbacks are reading coverages, wide receivers are doing the same thing. Sure. There's so many things now in the NFL that are option routes where wide receivers have the option to. Change based on what they see in coverage. So, it, with all of it being so instantaneous and, and happening on the fly, like it does, corners then have to be more adaptable. And and uh, you either have to be able to, to make decisions on the fly, or in a lot of cases, play within the rules of the system. And and the Vikings certainly want guys that can do that to to be able to adapt to the players on option routes. And, and Xavier Rhodes really has has thrived in this system, and you you start to see some of these other young guys get it, not quite to the degree that Rhodes has yet, but uh, I think you see progress from Waynes and Alexander in that regard.
1: Ben, Gasoline is with us, covers the Vikings for the Star Tribune. Uh, We get to play the Chicago Bears again, don't we? Last game of the season? Yeah. It'll be meaningless by then for our boys. Oh, they could be fighting for, uh, like, you know, home field throughout the playoffs or not, but uh, the Bears are back, baby. The Mitch Trubisky era of uh, expectation is going to have to be put off here a little while.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, we were talking about that in the locker room today. That it's it's almost like it's a rule that that Vikings Bears game at the end of the season has to be meaningless for at least one team. Yes, whether it's I mean, it seems like a lot of times it's both, but it it may be meaningless for. For both, for different reasons this year, the Vikings may have clinched and maybe locked into the playoff spot. But, yeah, I mean, the Bears basically now, and I was reading a story today from uh, from Jeff Dickerson over at ESPN about you, at this point, really, everybody pretty much knows John Fox is going to be gone. Yeah. And you guys, you have guys that just are now playing for jobs going forward into the future. And that's that's a tough Thing to be motivated by for five weeks. I mean, you know, a couple of weeks is one thing, but to to do that for five is, especially with a coach that you know is probably going to be gone, is going to be difficult to do. So, yeah, I mean, if the Vikings come into that game needing a win, I I think they can probably feel fairly (laughs) confident they'll get it. Uh, They may not come in needing it, but uh, I I don't know that you're going to get a uh, real tough test from the Bears on December 31st.
1: It is amazing, though, know, with your chaotic uh, uh, football department that they had in uh, Chicago. Uh, you provide them with this collection of crap, and then you got to fire the coach.
3: Yeah, it is. I mean, it, it does kind of seem to work that way sometimes where the GM tends to get one coach, and then, you know, the next one, he goes with him. I mean, it seems like that tends to be the way it works. You get to fire one coach, and then, and pick another guy and, and go from there. But I mean, Don Fox was not a first time guy either. I mean, they, no, they no, had. No, he's been around. Been, yeah, he's been, been to a couple of Super Bowls with, yeah. with different teams, and and uh, they really have not looked any different than any other regime they've had, whether it was Lovey Smith or Mark Tressman. In fact, they've been worse. I How mean, about bring back Mark, Mark Tressman? He just won another great cup. <laughs> Well, you know, he, he was—he was the first guy that looked like he was starting to get Jay Cutler under control, yeah. and I guess Adam Gase did it. But uh, you know, they—they just—you uh, know, for one reason or another, haven't been able to figure it out. Basically, you know, for more than a decade now, and they—they've kind of replaced the Lions as the the uh, the guaranteed doormat of the division.
1: So the Vikings are nine and two and uh, pretty dang healthy, right?
3: Yeah, they are, and, and they. Uh, they should be, I mean, they've, they've got you know, a couple of days now before they actually get back to practice. They'll start practicing on Wednesday here, but uh, they came out of the game, I think, on Thursday, feeling pretty good about injuries, and now they're up three games in the division with five to go. So, I mean, yeah. they, they are in a position now where all they have to do is win their last two division games, and no questions asked, they will be the NFC North champions. They obviously want more than that. They want to buy, they want home field advantage, but... They would have to have a pretty remarkable collapse not to be the division champions in opening the playoffs at home.
1: And yeah, this has been a very chaotic NFL season with uh, everybody pulling quarterbacks and insulting each other, and owners fighting commissioners. These boys have just been a, a modic- just a abs- example of peace. There's been nothing going on.
3: Yeah, I mean, it really—it's one of those seasons that I think you know certainly could have gone a different way, given the fact that you lost your quarterback and you lost your running back. that looked like he was going to be the next and uh, a featured guy. I mean, give them credit for weathering the storm better than they did last year. And I do think they have learned from that. I mean, Mike Zimmer talked about that on Friday. I asked him about and you know, why this team is so much more resilient. He said, I, "I think it was good that we went through what we did last year, and I think it probably." This is me talking now. I, I think in a lot of ways it was probably good for Mike Zimmer to go through what he did last year. Not I mean you don't wish the eye stuff no. on anybody, but I think learning how to manage uh, you know players and, and manage difficult situations in the NFL, managing people through that is, is has helped him a lot. I, I talked to him in the in the preseason about that, and I asked him what he learned from last year, and and he used the line that and you know, I think a lot of people have heard, but I think it applied to him that he said it's not about the Xs and the Os it's about the jimmies and the Joe's. and it's a, it's a cliche but it illustrated the mindset that he realized you can you can have the greatest scheme in the world but if you have players that aren't buying into it or if you have things in the locker room that are not uh, going the way they should, it, it doesn't really matter. And I think he's probably learned from that, and, and it's just been smoother sailing for them on all accounts this year.
1: All right, Ben. Talk to you next week. Thank you. Sounds good. Thanks all back. right, and uh, I miss the arrest, frankly, but uh, that's just me, you know. It was kind of fun when you'd get a guy nabbed uh, right between Thanksgiving and the next. Kept you day. on
2: your toes. Yes, it did. It was
1: fun, but uh, what the hell? They don't do that anymore. So. No, they've gotten boring. Yeah, they're boring. Yeah. You know? All right, we'll be back. On the state college front uh, this weekend, the uh, Mankato State, yes, I call them Mankato State Mavericks, That's right. beat Midwestern State bloody in the second round. And they thought they were going to have to go out to Central Washington uh, to play this week because they were the number one seed in the region. Central Washington blew a 28-7 lead. Really? Texas A&M Commerce at Mankato this Saturday. They got a home game because Mankato was, for some reason, the two seed. What's the weather? Uh, I might head down there. Uh, yes, I think a good drinking weather. And uh, <laughs> and St. Thomas uh, beats Barry College, which wasn't bad, and now they are in the uh, quarterfinals, and they go to Mary Harden Baylor. In Belton, Texas, and uh, they're the defending national champion and rated number one. So that will be a test for the Tommies. And here is Mr. John Height with other very important <laughs> sports items. Thank you, Patrick. This update sponsored
4: by Office Depot, Office Max. You've had a big year, so treat yourself to great deals on tech and furniture at Office Depot, Office Max. You deserve it. Office Depot, Office Max, taking care of business. The Wild in action tonight. They're on the road in Winnipeg. The Twins and Byung-Ho Park have agreed to part ways so the slugger can go back to his previous team in South Korea. That ends a short and disappointing stint with the Twins in the U.S. Uh, Park hit just Is this
1: Nishioka you're talking about or no, Park? No, this is Park. I think they both lasted two years.
4: Uh, Park hit just 191 with 12 home runs and 244 plate appearances his first season. Of course, this past season, he spent the entire season at A Rochester. According to the Pioneer Press, the agreement hasn't formally been reached yet, but the Twins will grant Park his requested release. Uh, you remember this history. The Twins spent $12.85 million on the posting fee for Park. That money went to his former team, the Nexen Heroes of the KBO, earned the Twins the right to exclusively negotiate with the former MVP of the Korean League. That price tag now represents... Should have been
1: in the home run derby, man. He was good in the home run (laughs) derby.
4: That price tag now represents lost money. In addition, the Twins agreed to a four-year deal worth $12 million, about half of which they'll now be free from if the release agreement is formalized. The report says that Park has already agreed to terms to rejoin his old team, the Nexon Heroes, at a one-year $1.4 million contract.
2: Oh, for those of you wondering, 46 degrees and sunshine in the beautiful the city of Mankato yeah, for the I might head down there. I head down there. Yeah. That'd be fun. I, it's been a while since I've Shut been there.
3: <laughs>
4: Jordan Murphy. What time do you want me uh, to pick
2: you up, Kenny? You thinking, you
4: know, like one? John, do the news. You think, <laughs> wow, wouldn't that be fun, Kenny, hanging out with Reavers on a Saturday
2: See? afternoon at a football game? You could the old watering holes I used to frequent, Kenny. You've got five seconds to wrap it up, my friend. <laughs>
4: Jordan Murphy
2: once oh, again. The welcome big, back, Kenny. Big Ten
4: Player of the Week. You. Third week in a row he's won the award. Averaged eighteen point three points in three wins against Alabama, AM and M, Massachusetts, and Alabama. By the way, the New Associated Press poll: the Gophers have moved up. They've jumped from number fourteen to number twelve.
2: Could start at like TJ Finnegan's from pregame, then maybe go over to Blue. Are you Bricks. talking
4: basketball, John?
2: <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Are
4: you done? Nope, I don't know. Ask Chris. He's nope. in charge here. One more minute. Vic Viramonte is a dual-threat junior college quarterback from Riverside, California City College, announced on Twitter today he's verbally committed to play for the Gophers. He tweeted, I would like to announce I'm officially committed to the University of Minnesota. Hashtag row the boat. Vermont is a freshman at Riverside, a transfer from Cal, passed for 1,868 yards and 22 touchdowns and rushed for 1,346 yards and 21 touchdowns this season for Riverside. They lost in the South California championship game on Saturday. He's 6'1", 230-pounder. He visited Coach Fleck and the Gophers Yesterday. And the Gophers are in the number seven overall seed in the NCAA Division I volleyball championships. They'll host the University of North Dakota Friday night. The Gophers host the first and second round matches with Louisville competing against Northern Iowa in the other first round match. The winner of each match squares off Saturday night at six o'clock. The Gophers beat the Fighting Hawks three zipped in the first round of last year's tournament. Eight Big
2: Ten teams made the tournament. All right, Johnny. That's enough out of you. Thanks. Let's get to Kenny. Chip Scoggin's up next.
1: Taking the ride with Royce. Go home and have a couple of beers.
2: That's the plan. On 1500 ESPN.
1: Chip Scott, Star Tribune sports columnist, is with us. Chip, I don't want to impugn your folks down there in Tennessee, but the fact that he was casually mentioned by some publicity hound associated with Penn State has nothing to do with are very little to do with the big protest against Greg Shiana not to be the Tennessee coach. They don't want him, so somebody discovered this, and now they're trying to be righteous. How many
0: people of those fans do you think even knew he coached at Penn State? No, none. What, none. What, i got to be honest with you, Pat. I didn't. I, I had no clue of that whatsoever. And um, Now, I'm sure there's some that... that uh, you know, morally, just are not going to accept anybody that was at coach at Penn State, whether he had anything was there, with, yeah, with with that. But um, I, I would be willing to bet there's a pretty large percentage that just didn't want him, had some faux outrage, and and all of a sudden you had this mob mentality yesterday on Twitter and social media, and on campus. That was just I've never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I absolutely have never seen anything like it as long as I've covered college sports. You had politicians, a guy who was running for governor, come out and say that. Uh, they can't make this higher. Um, students are protesting on campus, and so it just became such a to- toxic environment uh, around the state that um, you almost felt like there's no way this can go through, and and ultimately, uh, Tennessee had to pull the offer back.
1: And I'm wondering if Shiano didn't say, "Hey, <laughs> you know, you well, can't walk into this mess." You know, I mean, he's got he's got to get a fresh start somewhere, and he can't be somewhere where they all hate him, or that well, nobody is on board with the hire. That's for sure, for whatever that's, that's
0: reason. The, yeah, and that's the, that's the thing. I, I'm sure there was some mutual respect to that because if you're a coach, you always talk about, "Wow, they want to win the press conference," and every new oh, yeah. coach wins the press conference. This one, you know, you're walking into a, a, a hornet's nest. Nobody, yes. nobody wants you there, so why in the world would you want to go there? And um, it's just – I'm doing a column on this for tomorrow, Pat, and, and a couple years ago when the Gophers were looking for an athletic director, I did a big story on the modern athletic director and challenges and role and that whatnot, and I talked to 10 current and former ADs, and to a person, they all said, social media has changed college oh, yeah. forever. And it's just – it creates this groundswell, this mob mentality. It's instant. It's in your face. That it's just changed. It and made it a lot more uh, difficult for for leaders.
2: So, Chip, where does where does Tennessee go from here? Like, who do they who do they go after at this point? Out of the Shianos off the table.
0: You know, it's funny. Before you guys called me, I was just checking Twitter here and. <laughs> Johnny Majors. Somebody had a video. Of Johnny Majors at a quarterback club down there saying Lane Kiffin would win. <laughs> well, that would. Uh, Actually, you know who retweeted it? Lane like Kiffin. Kiffin. If they were to, if
1: they were to <laughs> if they were to hire Lane Kiffin, or say they might hire Lane Kiffin, the public would rise up and say we want Shiano. <laughs> Bring back Shiano. Yeah. But Honestly, but yeah, who wants the job? Who's going to walk into a mess like that?
0: I don't know, and my guess is, at this point, after what happened yesterday, you might probably have to eliminate going after an existing head coach because no head coach is when I want to deal with that. And So you're probably turning to a coordinator, and I saw one report, I think, from uh, Bruce Feldman that mentioned T. Martin, uh, who's a yes. coordinator out of USC, and, and that would be a popular pick. Obviously, he won the national championship for him as the quarterback, and so um, that would be popular, but I think – any coach, particularly a sitting head coach, is going to look at that and say, "I want nothing to do with that." Why don't you go get T. Martin right away? It's like I know. It's
1: like Nebraska three years ago, four years ago, they got Scott Frost at Oregon, offensive coordinator. Hire him. Yeah. Don't hire a sixty-two-year-old washed-up guy. <laughs> hire Scott Frost. Then <laughs> you don't have to. You wouldn't have had to gone through these three years of misery. Maybe and you wouldn't have to get in this bidding contest. Now, Why they always outthink themselves. Go get T. Martin.
0: Well, I think, you know what it is, Pat, and it's every, unless your coach is Nick Saban, Dabble Sweeney, or Irvin Meyer, every fan base thinks they can do better than what they have. And so there's this sense of delusion that we got to get John Gruden. Let's go get John Gruden. He's not coaching at Tennessee. Come on. Uh, And so, you, you know, I think, schools or ad's or whatever tend to look at the best case scenario and probably over inflate where they are and the perception of them outside of their borders and so i agree you know if if you know t martin would be a popular choice and yes. i i think that's such a big job i'd rather have a guy who's had the experience of being a head coach but doesn't mean he can't succeed there and so i my guess is probably that's where they're going to land you know a high-ranking um, offensive or defense coordinator at, at a big school, and his AD's got to get
1: himself out of the mess with that he's in with the player, I mean, with the with the public. So he's got to make a popular choice now. He can't uh, bring in some guy from D two or something.
0: No, and I don't. I got to be honest with you, John Curry's their AD. I don't know how he survives this. No, I don't. I mean, maybe knows. if he hires T Martin and people, you know, forget about this and fall in love with that hire, but when the, you know, the public. Overrides your decision for a coach, you've got problems. Yes. I just don't know if he can survive this, honestly.
1: No, because it looks like, well, it, it is a 100% reaction. It's nothing in Shiano's resume that a guy with any spine would not stand up and say, The hell with you. This is our coach. But, you know, it got, I'm sure it got to such a mess he couldn't, but to, Back off on him because of the public. That that's just now. Now everybody in the public who wasn't outraged at this is going to be outraged that Curry's staying,
0: right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's a weak AD at this point. Yeah. And you know, when you can have politicians and students painting <laughs> messages on rocks and all that, and you can get the AD to face. It. I mean, he signed the contract. I think he said, "Hey, can I have that back?" <laughs> We're not going to be able. To. I mean, that's not strong leadership. Well.
1: College Lord. football in the South—it's—it's it's out of hand a lot of places, but in the South, it's ridiculous. Texas AM and yeah. is going to pay how much to get rid of some line? Is it twelve or more yeah, than
0: that? Yeah, well, t- oh yeah. I mean, he has a huge buy. Look at his record too, Pat. And yeah, th- that's part of the column. Uh, column I'm writing is that, and I love college football, but we've lost our minds. Yes, and I was just looking at a story. Gus Malzahn—they blew a twenty-point lead. The Auburn coach. Yeah. They they blew a twenty point lead and lost to LSU early October. Mm -hmm. At his press conferences, at his press conference after game, he was asked if he's worried about his job. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, and now he's going to coach in the SEC championship and possibly the, you know, the the college football playoff. But it's it's just, you know, college football has become so emotional and passionate and restless that every year you're wanting to fire somebody and. Um, maybe that's just where we're at, but it's it feels like we've sort of lost our minds in, in how we view coaches and, and the shelf life that they have.
1: And here's the deal. these are public institutions. you know I've known her name Northwestern want to do this fine but everybody says well these the, the football department pays for itself okay, but there are better uses for 15 yeah. million dollars than firing Kevin someone right? Well yeah yeah I mean, and that's- there
0: are better uses for this money. But you you know in in a place like that eight and four is not acceptable.
1: I think Bealham is accepted. getting what's Bieleman getting six or seven or eight at Arkansas. Yeah,
0: well, and that's the thing. Like, let's say you know people mentioned could Tennessee, uh, uh, you know, get the Iowa State coach Campbell. Well, he has like a nine million dollar buyout, and and um, you know. And, and but, by but the some way, some people are willing to do that. And by the I mean, way, Campbell won two big games,
1: and they ended up losing like lost three of their last four. Right. Yeah, Something like that. Now, they got hosed at Kansas State Saturday, but the referees were afraid of Bill Snyder. So that that happens. But, uh, uh, you know, it's just preposterous that this money is just put in a pile and burned. And it's uh, to me, it's just crazy. Now, I want to say this. If Brom stays at Purdue and with all these openings, who knows if he will, because he's probably going to be a hot ticket. And uh, and Scott Frost goes to Nebraska uh, the coaching in the in the Big Ten West is pretty hairy. All of a sudden, you got Chris, well, you got Fitzgerald, you got the old wise owl down there in Iowa. Who when he's when we think he's going to be bad, he's good, and when we think he's going to be good, he's bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only the only stiff you're going to have in the uh, West for PJ to know he's going to beat is Lubby. Yeah, and that well, yeah, and he. How long is he going to be there? You yeah. know, I mean, Lovey's not going <laughs> to last too long. Uh, I don't but, think Lovey. Yeah, but, I think Lovey's just waiting for the buyout. He's he's sitting over there in the corner saying, "Why didn't everybody fired me?
2: <laughs> I want my right. money." How much is my
3: buyout? <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're right, but you look at the West with with Fitzgerald, great coach Chris, and and this Brom. I, I like him a lot. I thought yeah. that was a great hire to begin with. Um, and so it's 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 going to be a tough. And and you know the other thing is Pat. All of those guys can recruit, right? I mean, yeah. Brom's going to be able to recruit. Frostwill, Flat can. Obviously, Fitzgerald, you know, he has the thing rolling there, and, and Wisconsin's kind of the model that everybody's chasing. And Boy, I saw it up close and personal on Saturday, Pat. The talent gap between Wisconsin yeah. and Minnesota right now is massive. They've got a lot of work to try to catch up to them in terms of talent. Well, when Luke
1: came in here in 84... The first thing he did was look at his offensive line against all the other fellas, and they got bigger. Now, we're Mm -hmm. not saying how they got bigger, (laughs) but they got bigger. And
0: uh, these guys got to get bigger. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's everywhere. Offensive line, they're not strong enough. But even, you know, and I don't want to disparage these kids too much, but the wide receivers they put out there, on Saturday, were not Big Ten wide receivers. Uh, Gophers and they could not get off the line against that press coverage against Wisconsin. Those, their corners were so strong. And so I, I think it's just not one position. It's just up and down the roster through every position. They really have to get stronger in the weight room and they got to get faster. It, it, did you? The speed on that Wisconsin defense, I thought was just, you know, night and day. Oh, their defense uh, is terrific.
1: Nobody c- gives compared them compared
0: to what the, the Gophers are trying on offense. I mean, anything they tried. Wisconsin just covered it up and so Fleck is is a good recruiter I know that but it's going to take a couple of recruiting cycles to catch up and then some because Wisconsin it's just it's like a machine just year after year after year they perfected this and they know what they're doing and Chris is a terrific coach and so they got a lot of work to do to try to close that gap with them.
1: now for a decade now we've been bringing in wide receivers and saying okay this is the one this guy's going to be the one mm-hmm. since Decker, the best wide receiver they've had is Drew Walatarski, you know, yeah. some guy who was the all-time leading receiver in California, and nobody in California wanted him. How can that be? That That's the easiest position in the world to find people, if you ask me. And uh, they, I mean, Tyler Johnson was doing okay, he got hurt, but he yeah. doesn't get a lot of separation either. And uh, it is amazing. Kill couldn't find a wide receiver, and uh, this, so far not here with the
0: pluck either. Well, it's it's, you know, still had that one recruiting class where they had, like, three wide receivers that all looked apart. Yes, just You know, fast, big, strong, and I don't think one of them panned out. Uh, Rashad Steele, they told him, don't even come to the game Mm -hmm. (laughs) Saturday. He went from, he had that horrendous drop at at Northwestern Mm -hmm. to where he wasn't even on the depth chart. They told him, don't even come to the game. And I'm I'm assuming he's going to be out of the program. I, I you know, I, I don't know where well, I you. I think this guy's going to
1: run fifteen people off, don't you?
0: Yeah, well, I don't. Know if that's a number, but there'll be kids that leave. I mean, well, Demery's that's already that's left. left. Do you I think thought. that was mutual agreement when he came back? My my guess was, my guess was, um, you know, they coaches, new coaches, like quarterbacks, they recruit, not inherit, and that's
3: mm-hmm.
0: plain and simple. And. The fact that that uh, Fleck is recruiting, they had a junior college wide receiver, yeah. junior college quarterback on campus yesterday. I'm sure he saw crossed all the writing on the wall that hey, I'm not going to be their guy after this year. And so, um, yeah, my guess is it was mutual.
1: Here's what would have offended me Saturday, though, and I didn't watch that much of the game. I was at the St. Thomas game. I watched some of it afterwards, but they made no effort to win that game. The whole. The whole premise of the the game, from what I could tell, was to hold the score down
0: to get it over with. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, I mean, they, they weren't. They them. were down yeah. twenty four to nothing in the third quarter, and they were still running between the guards.
0: Yeah, and and you know when it comes back back to what we talked about—the talent. Um, they were not going to be able to throw the ball. They just literally can't. I mean, <laughs> three completions, and the wide receivers they were putting out against them, the quarterback they were putting out against them. It would have just been an endless stream of incompletions and interceptions. And so I think they looked at it and said, you know what? Let's well, get this sucker over with. <laughs> let's, let's, <laughs> let's
1: lose, lose by 30 thing. and go home. Well, Demery yeah. Croft, Chris Steveler, uh, Steveler is uh, graduating at South Dakota. They need a quarterback. Head on down yeah. there. He uh, <laughs> he was supposed to be unable to throw it out of the room, and he ended up lighting it up for 4,000 yards or something down there.
0: I You know what? I, I may be alone in this path, but I don't think it's an issue with uh, talent with, with you watch him throw the ball. He's big, strong. He can run some. Um, I'm not saying he's going to, he would ever be a, 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 you know, competent Big Ten quarterback, but I also think it wasn't a real fair shape considering what he was throwing to in terms of wide receivers. But maybe a clean break and start over is probably best for all involved. How about
1: Nebraska <laughs> giving up 54 points to a team three weeks ago that ended up getting shut out? Uh, Back-to-back for the first time since I was five years old. I 1950, know. I was five. Sid was 30. First <laughs> back-to-back <laughs> shutout
0: since Sid was 30. <laughs> That's the definition. If you ever say, you know, does a team quit on a coach? Watch that. <laughs> Pull up that game field. That's a team that quit on a coach. And they can say all the nice things about Mike Riley now, and he, I think he is a good guy, but that team absolutely wanting no more this season and they
2: quit. All
1: right, sir. Thanks, Chip. Uh, We'll talk to you later, sir. Chip Scoggin, Star Tribune sports columnist and Tennessee Vols fan rattled to the quick.